Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Hey, good morning, good morning. It's May 3rd. I'm ready for this thing to be done. I don't know about you, but I am done. I am completely done. I don't know about you. But I, so I'm going to be myself today. I, I'm looking for a stage to jump off of. I ain't got one, but we're going to do that soon. Anyways, so who knows what I'm going to do today. I'm done with just being quiet, okay? About a week ago, two weeks ago, I was talking, I was interviewing, uh, somebody was interviewing me from America, and they asked me this question, and this is what got me going uh, in this series that we're going to start uh, today and probably for the month of May or most of the month. And that is, he said, what is, what is God like saying during this time? As I said before, we are not in crisis, we are in Christ. There might be a crisis around us. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I don't want to, I'm going to encourage you today. I have words of encouragement for you today. However, the words I'm going to share with you uh, might not sound like you're used to hearing, okay? Um, so when he asked me that question, what is God trying to say to us during this season? I really had to sit back and, and, and think and pray, and, and, and I, got, I got a verse, and I'm going to share it with you in a minute, but I got a verse, and I believe that is the verse for today. Now, before we do, you know I talked a couple weeks ago about Hebrews. I want to I, I found myself back in Hebrews. That's where the verse is, and I'm going to share it with you in a minute. And as we look into Hebrews, over throughout the whole book of Hebrews, the whole idea is that Jesus is a better way than anything else. Like he says about how Jesus is, is a better way than Moses' way. The new covenant is a better way than the old covenant. The heavenly temple is better than the earthly one. The sacrifice of Jesus is better than any other animal sacrifice. It's always about Jesus is the better way. And in chapter 12, that's what we're going to study today. In chapter 12, and we're going to stay in this for the next couple of weeks, what you will see is there's a series of encouragements, a series of just encouragement that God is trying to, or that the author is trying to encourage the people to continue on. Now, in if you know anything about Hebrews, chapter 11, the chapter before it, is actually the, the faith chapter. It talks about all the men of faith and how they did this, they did that, and how they just, uh, in faith, God was pleased with them because the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then it says in verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. He says, since we've talked about this in chapter 11, I don't know about you, but I'm sweaty. I can't handle it. I hope you're not sweaty at your house, but right now I'm sweaty, so I need something to wipe off because I am just fired up right now. And so it says, since we are surrounded by such great cloud of witnesses, then he gives a series of encouragements. He says, since we're surrounded, then strip off all the weight and the sin that so easily entangles. Run the race. Run the race. Run it now. Don't wait. Don't stop. 
Stop sitting in your chair and begin to run a race. How do I do that, Pastor, if I'm still in my house? You can call someone up. You can contact them. You can encourage them. You can get a hold of them. You've got all kinds of technology now to get a hold of someone and encourage them. Run the race. Stop sitting around and start running the good race. And sorry, just a little excited this morning. Yeah? Anyways, and then it goes on. It says, Fix your eyes in verse 2. Fix your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith. And then in verse 5 of chapter 12, he says, you have forgotten God's encouraging words. We're going to come back to that. And then in verse 12, he says, strengthen the hands that, that hang down. Strengthen the feeble knees. He's encouraging you to get up and begin to strengthen the things that will remain. And then in verse 22, he says, you have come to something better than a physical mountain. See, once again, better than. You have come to Jesus, the mediator. Now, he gives all these encouraging uh, things to you throughout these verses because he's coming to verse 27. And this is the verse that I believe God is speaking to all of us during this season. When that man asked me the question, I sat there, I prayed, and I, God spoke to me this verse and this is the verse, I believe, this is the season uh, that, 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 uh, that we're in right now, that it's happening right now, and that is this. In verse 26, it says, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, the voice shook the earth, by now, uh, uh, but now he makes another promise. He's making a promise. Listen to this. We talk about promises. He's making a promise here. He says, once again, once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. I believe that God is beginning to shake the earth. He's beginning to shake things. And that's the season that we're beginning to be in. And he says, this means that all of creation will be shaken and removed. And so only that which is unshakable will remain. How you doing? How's it going out there when, when this crisis is shaking you? What's remaining? What's being left? He says, since we have received a kingdom that is unshakable. See, we've received an unshakable kingdom. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Now, I believe this is the verse uh, for today. When I say today, I'm talking about now. And that is that the earth is beginning to shake. He's shaking things. He's shaking your life. He's shaking my life. He's shaking our world. He's shaking our lifestyles. He's shaking all these things because he wants only the kingdom of God to remain. No more other stuff. It's time that the kingdom of God remain. You know, it reminds me of that, that verse in Matthew chapter 7 where he talks about the, 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 uh, the house. Is it built on a firm foundation or is it built on sinking sand? When, it, when the earth begins to shake, if it's built on sinking sand, it will be destroyed. There will be nothing left. But those that have built their, their, their house upon a foundation, those that have put their lifestyle, have built their lifestyle on the foundation of God, they will remain when the earth is shaking. And so I believe the word of God today, this is the season that we're in. 
You know, God brings us through seasons. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I guess because I'm older, I see the different seasons that we've gone through. Uh, if you've noticed over the last, say, 10 years or whatever, it's been all about what? God's unfailing love, God's grace, his grace, and how God's grace is being poured out all around and how his grace is on us. Often, how many times have you heard the, the songs about God's grace, about God's goodness? That's the other part of the season that we've heard, how good the Father is. You're a good, good Father. That's who you are. You know how popular that song is. Why? Because that's the season that we've been going through. But we're in a new season now, and this earth is beginning to shake, and God wants to remind us of something. I, I'm a little bit older. Some of you may remember, but this is like, you got to be older to understand this. We went through a season where all the preachers were talking about the fear of the Lord and how we have to have the fear of the Lord. We have to be careful. That was a season we went through. So all these different seasons we've been going through. But now I believe, I believe right now that there is a new season we're going through. Hey guys, I know you're out there. Can you give me a glass of water? <clears throat> I need some water. And so they're going to get me some water. They're running around right now, the camera guys. I'd show them to you. I'd point to him right now, but he's over there and he's laughing now. Even though he's got his mask on, he's laughing, but I can see his face. Anyway, I'm just having fun today. We're going to start having fun. It's time that the joy of the Lord become our strength. Amen? Anyways, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. I mentioned it. I'm going to mention it now. And this is where we're at. It says, very interesting phrase. It says, you have forgotten the encouraging words. You have forgotten some kind of encouragement that God wants to give you. Thank you so much. No, come on up here, Victor. Everybody show, come on over here. Show everybody, this is Victor. Come on over here, Victor. Say hello. He's so afraid to come on camera. Mm, I needed that. Anyways, so there's a characteristic that God is trying, to, that the author is trying to show us about God. It's a forgotten encouragement. Now, <clears throat> some of you might not realize that this is an encouraging word, but it definitely is one. And it's something so necessary for the season that we're in. Now, before we, I share what that is, <clears throat> I'm going to ask the question, probably from the season before. You've heard it enough. Is, do you believe? Do you believe? Now, when I say believe, don't just say yes. <coughs> do you believe that God is good? I mean, to his core. I mean, from his very being is what comes out of God good. Do you believe that God is good? Through the whole book of Hebrews, it's talking about how God is a better way. Do you believe that God is a better way? Do you believe that God is the best teacher? Like the best teacher. Do Okay, let me ask you this question. Let me just ask you, do you want, do we, I'll say me too. Do we want to walk like Jesus? Like do we really want to walk like Jesus? We say it, we sing it, we talk about it. But do we actually do it? Do we really want to do it? Well, there is a way, and there is an encouraging word that Hebrews has for you. And that's what I want to give to you today. And I'm still holding and not telling you what it is yet. Because 
I want to give you an example. <clears throat> Let's say you want to be a great piano player. You decide that you like the piano and you want to be a great piano player. You know, one of the first things that we would do, that I would do, if I wanted to be a great piano player, the first thing that I would do is I would go out and find the best instructor possible. Like, you wouldn't ask me to be your instructor for a piano. Why? Because I can't play. You know, you just wouldn't, you would pick someone else. You would pick probably Ben or, or Ariel or somebody who you would want to pick, <coughs> excuse me, one of the best instructors you could find, right? Let's say, let's say you wanted to be a good athlete. Let's say you wanted to be a great athlete, right? What would you do? You'd go and find the best instructor. Like, you know, when I wanted to be a good uh, golfer, I went to a very low handicap guy. He was like a two handicap, very good golfer, won a lot of tournaments. <clears throat> I said, teach me. Now, what's really interesting, when, when I was asking him to teach me, he would say to me, hey, Donald, put your hand this way, you know, stand this way, swing this way. And what would I do? Would I, would I go, no. Would I argue with him? If your piano instructor said, this is what you need to do, <clears throat> this is the amount of practice you need to practice, would you argue with him? Well, I mean, if you argue with him, the question would be, do you really want to be the best? Do you want to walk like Jesus? See, why are we arguing with him? We should not be arguing if that's what we want. You have forgotten, it says, let me read the rest of this. In Hebrews 12, you have forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you when he said this, my child, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Don't give up when he corrects you. The Lord disciplines those who love him. He loves, those who lo he loves. And he, <clears throat> very interesting word here, the word is scourge, uh, English word is scourge. <coughs> Forgive me for this, I got something in my throat. But he says, he actually kind of like beats and whips those he accepts as a child. Now, it's interesting. <clears throat> he said, you have forgotten these encouraging words. Now, I don't know about you, but does that sound encouraging? Yeah, Why? Because he loves us. Now, it's really interesting. It says that if he, later on it goes, if, if, if he doesn't do this, it means he doesn't love you. I was, on a, I was coaching a team one time. It was a girls' uh, football team. In America, the girls play football. And uh, we had a pretty good team. Matter of fact, we ended up winning it all. And I remember one day after one of the games, <clears throat> One of the girls calls me up afterwards, and she was all upset. And I said, what did I say to you? She goes, that's the problem. You haven't said anything to me. You yell at all the other girls and get them to be really good, but you don't yell at me. Would you please start telling me what I need to do? Woo! She got really good. Because, see, I was afraid to talk to her because I was thinking, if I, if I press her, if I, if I put pressure on her, she will collapse, but it was just the opposite. She wanted to be trained. She wanted to be the best. So the question is, 
Will you allow the goodness of God to discipline you during these tough times? Because the world is shaking. And that which is, which is not of God will, be, will fall. He wants to discipline you. That's the season we're in. I believe it's... Okay, woo! The Bible says God discipline. It means to train. He corrects. It means to make better. He punishes, which means to, to kind of like train you really hard so you become the best. See... Why, why is it, why is it, why is it when we, when we, when we, when we, things are going good and, 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 and we say God is blessing us, why do we say that? And then when things are going bad, we say God is punishing us as if he's mad at us. No, he's blessing us both sides because he's training us up to be powerhouses for God. It's time that we get trained up in the ways of the Lord so that we can become strong, mighty men. So when the earth shakes, we don't move. You see, I don't know about you, I was on many, many uh, sports teams. And the way it works in sports is this. You, um, you actually, the first day or maybe the first three days, what they have is what they call tryouts. Now tryouts is when you show up, they see if you're good enough, you make the team. I don't know if you've ever done this, but for me, you know, you'd go, you'd try out, and sometimes your name was on the list at the end of the day, and sometimes it wasn't. And if it wasn't, you didn't make the team, right? Tryouts. Now, once your name was on the list and you were part of the team, guess what happens next? For the next two weeks, all you do is train. Oh, you train. Nonstop training. Nonstop physical, nonstop mental, nonstop skill-based training. Why? Because, because the coach is now punishing you? Yeah, don't worry about that. Because the coach is now, he's telling me five minutes. I'm not done yet. So, he's, <laughs> is the coach punishing me? No, the coach is trying to make me the absolute best. The tryouts are, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because he said, anyone who receives me, I give the power to become the children of God, the family of God. You're in. Now training. It's now time that we train and we become strong men and women of God. So when the earth shakes, we do not fall. We build upon the foundation so we do not fall. You know, don't, it says, don't make light. Take serious. Today, it's time. Now, I'm going to say, I got a few minutes left, so, and, and I'm probably going to go a little over. Deal with it. You can always shut me off. It's fine with me. Shut me off and go serve God. I don't care what you do. Start letting God touch your heart. Start letting God make you a, a strong foundation so that you stop getting shaken during these things we call uh, crisis, which are nothing to God. I, I, you know, I, I, I hear all these, these sermons. I know this is not, this is not a feel-good message. I know we hear all, God is going to take you through. God is going to be there. Yes, he is. But why don't we go through it strong? It's time that we walk through with power. It's time that we allow God to put us on the potter wheel. 
And how can the potter, how can the, the pottery say to the one who is the maker? That's what the word says. How can the clay speak to the potter and say, what are you doing? Why are you making me this way? Why? Because he wants to make a vessel of honor. And the way he does that is he builds you up and pounds you down because it didn't come out right. And he builds you up again and he pounds you down and he pours more water in and he pulls out the hard places. Why? So he can make you a vessel of honor so that he can stand you up to all the, the he doesn't want to just stand you up to the people of this world. He wants to stand you up to all the heavenly realms and say, look at my masterpiece. Woo, I'm fired up today because it's time we get strong. And, and, and you know those messages. So I want to talk about why God disciplines us. Why? Very simple. First one, because he loves us. As you endure, it says in verse 7, as you endure divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. If God doesn't discipline you, if he does not train you, if he does not put you on the potter's wheel, if he does not allow you uh, to be broken so he can build you up, it says that if God doesn't discipline you and he doesn't consider you a child, it means you are illegitimate and you are not really a child at all. Trust me, God wants you as a child. Let him discipline you. Let him train you. Let him build you up which means when you make a mistake and he begins to train you, he's not telling you he's mad at you or he's punishing you. What he's telling you is that he loves you and he wants you to be the best. That's why the second thing is, the reason why God trains you is because he sees greatness in you. I don't know how God sees greatness in me. I really don't. Because when I look in the mirror, I don't see it. But he sees it. When I went up, and I saw after the tryouts, my name was on the list. He said, I'm a child of God. Woo! He said, I'm a child, which means now I'm on the team. Hallelujah. Once I'm on the team, I'm on a winning team. And he wants to make me great. He wants me to lay hands on the sick and they become well. He wants me to preach the gospel. He wants me to be an ambassador for him. He doesn't have bad ambassadors. He only has great ambassadors. So he chose us for greatness. And then finally, he loves us. He sees greatness in us. We are called to be his people to display his glory. To display his glory. You can't even see it. Uh, it's outside the, 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 the realm here, but over here there's glass, right? What is glass made to do? Glass is made to see through, right? If there's dirt on the glass, what do you do? You rub it off. You do something violent to the glass to rub it off. Why? Because you want that thing to fulfill its purpose. When you're a vessel of honor, when God wants to make you, hallelujah, to display his glory, he's got to rub a lot of things off us so that we begin to display the light of God so that we're not full of dirt. So he trains us. All athletes are disciplined, it says in 1 Corinthians 19. That word discipline means to be battered, to be chastened, to be beat in their training. It says they're all disciplined in their training. They do so to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it to, to win an eternal prize. I, and then Paul says this, I discipline my body and bring it 
under subjection. Woo! Like an athlete, I train it to do what it should do. Your body was called to give God praise and glory. Tell it to. Tell your body, shut up and do what you're supposed to do. Tell your mind, be quiet, mind. Focus on the Lord. Do what you're supposed to do. Let's get to be men and women of God, not children. It's time we put childish things away and we become men and women of God. Finally, you're going to like that word because I'm finally done, right? God wants us to reap the benefits of holiness and righteousness. You cannot reap the benefits of holiness and righteousness unless you're trained in them. There are benefits in these things. It says in verse 14, and he is disciplining you to work uh, so that you're, that you're living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not, listen to it, those who are not holy will not see the Lord. You want to see the Lord in your life? Train yourself in holiness and righteousness, and you'll start seeing God everywhere. Oh, God, I almost want to ask God for forgiveness right now. Even as I'm preaching, train me more, Lord God. Work on me even more. Since we respect our earthly fathers who discipline us, shouldn't we submit? And this is my last point. Should not we submit to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? Now, I'm going to say this, and this is how I'm going to close. I just want you to know this. God will not, God will not beat you into submission. When my father, when I was like, say, uh, 10 years old, Sayan Nakal, yeah, I was always in trouble. You know what I wished when I got in trouble? I said, I hope my dad, I hope he spanks me. I really do. Why? Because what I did, I just tightened up. I just tightened up strong. He spanked me. That hurt a little bit. Didn't move me one bit. I never submitted to his training. We can do this. God will not beat us into submission. Submission is something he says he wants you and me to do. He wants us to submit to the training. He wants us to submit to his kindness in, in disciplining us to bring about righteousness and holiness. So my question to you today is, will you submit to the training of the Lord? Do you believe that he has your best in mind? Do you believe it? It's not me telling you, it's you believe it. Do you believe that God wants to train you because he sees greatness in you? Because if you allow this to happen, if you begin to put the things in place that you're supposed to do, like sowing seeds of, in, 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 in difficult times, like serving him when times are tough, when doing thing, something right might seem to hurt you and, and not benefit you at the, at the given time, but you know it's the right thing to do. That's what righteousness is. God will have you understand the benefits and you will see God. So during this season, while God is shaking the ground, it's time we let him discipline us so we become men and women of righteousness. Let's pray. Father, 
Forgive me, Lord God, for the times I resisted you. Forgive us when we resisted you, Lord God. When, Lord God, we didn't allow you just to train us. That we didn't trust you, Lord. Lord, right now, anyone who's sitting in their house right now, Lord God, anyone who's home right now, Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would decide to train themselves up in righteousness and holiness so that, Lord God, when the earth shakes, they will be on a foundation that will not fall. Make us unshakable by disciplining us and training us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.